going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode here of the Side Guys Football Forum. I'm one of your co-hosts, Norman the Side, joined as always by my good friend, my good buddy, the other half of the Side Guys, Mr. Tad the Side. And Tad, it's a good football weekend for me. Maybe not great. fantasy-wise for me. It's still, like, very mixed bag. I think it's just, like, with both of us playing in so many leagues, it's always going to be a mixed yes, bag. Yeah. I don't think I've ever gotten a clean sweep with all seven leagues that I'm in here. But you know what? As far as real fa- real football goes, the Niners came back and had a very impressive win against the Jacksonville Jaguars off the bye week. The day before on Saturday, San Jose State pulled off the upset against Fresno State. So oh, they're very much good still job. Is that involved. rivalry? That is a rivalry. Yeah, yeah they okay, played for the uh, the B trophy. I can't remember what the B stands B for, but it's like, yeah, it's a – the long time rivalry that I we mean, have. I mean, TCU and SMU plays for an iron skillet, so I can't really talk that much trash. <laughs> I think it's the Valley Trophy. The Valley Trophy, that's what it was. Oh, okay. All right. All right. State, so it's like, yeah, the Valley or whatever. Right, so nice. the trophy is new. The rivalry is long term. But yeah, Fresno State was 8 1 heading into that game. San Jose State was 4 5. So it was a massive upset by San Jose State, and they controlled that game throughout so i was very happy on saturday obviously the niners were able to double up my happiness with a very impressive win on sunday as well your colts they got a very you know great good win i would say it's like a fantastic win but when you get the only touchdown of the game i'll consider it a good win there we go no it was it was so funny because yeah i was looking at the slate of games so i was at uh in fort worth for the tcu game Whoo, that was not a good game left it left in the third quarter i'll fully admit that i missed you you during halftime i was like this game it was a a great (laughs) experience outside the game but point being is um I, I did not really look at the NFL slate. So Sunday morning, uh, I went to brunch with a bunch of friends who I was with at the game. And I was looking at the slate. I'm like, God, this slate is terrible. And I was like, okay, no, we have one good game. I was like, it's 49ers, Jags. And this is why the NFL always wins. Is the best game of the weekend. Ended up being a total dud. But everything else ended up being insane. There was, I don't know if you watched it, but there was a drive between the uh, Browns and the Ravens that technically lasted like a minute. But with all the penalties and everything, it legitimately lasted about 15 minutes to go yeah. about like 10 yards. I love football. It is crazy. Yeah, so that was a great game. You got the Browns with a little bit of the upset win there, pulling out that last bit. second field goal. Dustin Hopkins, I said start him. He mm-hmm. had a very fantastic he day did. in that game for sure. Um, we got the great game between Atlanta and Arizona. Kyler Murray looked pretty strong in his first game of the 2023 season. They were able to get a last second field goal in that game as well. Um, Giants, Cowboys, that was a dud as well. That which was we expected though. I, you know, you know it's a bad game when even Red Zone's like, yeah, that game's going on, but let's show you some stats instead. It's just like, yeah. I think maybe game of the week, though, was Detroit-Los Angeles. The Los Angeles great. Chargers in Detroit. That was a fantastic back-and-forth game. Unfortunately for LAFB Network, the Chargers did not come away with the victory. The Lions are now up again there. So I, they were able to pull out the last-second victory there. But, uh, yeah, we had some very underrated games. I know the schedule didn't look all that appealing. But, yeah, very underrated game, especially how it all played out there. Um but yeah, Tad, we definitely had to discuss some injuries that happened over the weekend. And of course, we need to get into our waiver wire picks here, here in week 11. But before we get into all that, Tad, we have to give a shout out to our great sponsors at Underdog Fantasy. I mean, they're just a fantastic way to sort of get into the betting action, get into the fantasy action. It's not just, you know, betting, but you can also get into fantasy football as well. They have a great platform for best ball. If you're not familiar with best ball, it's pretty much you draft your entire roster. You set it and you forget it. You don't have to worry about making waiver wire additions. You don't have to worry about trades. You don't have to worry about, you know, start sits. It pretty much takes your roster and whoever did the best in that week they will give you those points. And so it just automatically does it all for you every single week. So it's a good sort of like, you know, for those of you who don't want to be super active with your fantasy football league, this is a great option. You just draft your roster and you're all done. You just sort of wait to see exactly how it all pans out there. Um, But I think the more exciting stuff there is that you definitely need to get into the excitement. That is the pick them action tad, where it's like you pick any number of two to five different player props about, you know, anything from, 
Brock Purdy, you know, over or under one and a half passing touchdowns, you know, CD Lamb over under 89.5 receiving yards, you know, it's just lots of random props for all the NFL slate of action, not just the NFL, but you can also cross with different sports as well. They got the MLB, they got the NBA, NHL, college football, college basketball has just started right now. So you can get into that action as well. So you just pick two to five different props that you like. If you hit on all five, you get yourself a pretty nice hefty payday. But Tad, the great folks at Underdog Fantasy want you to get into the action because they're giving you a great promo offer. All you got to do is use our promo code DESAI, D-E-S-A-I, and you could double up on your initial deposit of $10 or more up to $500. Underdog will match that so you can really get into a lot of betting action for sure. So, Tad, hypothetically, if you were to put in $500, Underdog will match that. You can bet with up to $1,000 then from that point with that initial deposit. Once again, just use that promo code DESAI, D-E-S-A-I, and you can get in on the action. I mean, just Underdog, Ted. I mean, we use it every single weekend. I, I can't speak for you. I use it every weekend. I, I do as well. I'm not doing too hot, but I, I do as well. <laughs> but it's a lot of fun. It's very simple. The app and the website are both very intuitive, very easy to use, very uh, friendly for those of you who don't like to technical things literally just pick a few things and you're good to go sort of thing so yeah it's a lot of fun get in on the action courtesy of our good friends at underdog fantasy for sure and absolutely like you said if you're you know if you're like me and your you know football betting is going a little not so great this season there are plenty of other oh, things going Tommy on DeVito. dude if marquis brown had caught that touchdown man <laughs> but bottom line is like you said college basketball just started up as you can tell the NBA season for our podcast listeners, I'm sticking up. I'm wearing my Miami Heat right, it's shirt. Miami, high, Miami Heat whiteout shirt. Hi. Yep. Jesus. Uh, yeah. But uh, I was trying to go for the whiteout, but I was too preemptive. No, so that's why you're I turned good. into height instead of heat. So, so NBA Miami season heat is starting to hit out. full yeah. swing. There's this, I guess, in-season tournament that might have a point to it. But it doesn't matter mm-hmm. because even there is no point to it, you can Speaking still win. Speaking some- quick tangent, those courts that they have for the so NBA in-season – absolutely horrendous like so they're bad. charles barkley terrible, terrible. like why just did they come terrible. up with this idea it is absolutely horrendous just this oh, ain't God. soccer get out of here but it doesn't matter what's happening with the in-season tournament because the bottom line is you can still make money off it so even if football is not your sport they have plenty of others to choose from they're a great sponsor i still can't believe that deal i, I still feel like it's, it's like somehow a scam fantastic it's insane it's absolutely crazy i put in 50 dollars of my own money i'm like really 50 dollars back are you sure I'm sure I only actually reached out to customer service. I'm like, I think there was a mistake. And they're like, no, you're good. It's like, okay. All right. So guys, be sure to check out underdog fantasy because they are great sponsors. They are a great supporter of the show and you guys are great supporters of us. So a supporter meet supporter and everybody benefits. So be sure to check them out using the promo code decide D E S A I. And you know what? I'll even say like my mom did a little shout out to my mom. It's D as in David E S is in Sam AI. Every so restaurant reservation we made. I she only no, I, I never understood. So I never understood this that so like weird. the D makes sense because yeah. like D and T, but the S oh, yeah, yeah. the S never made sense to me. I'm like, who messes up S? Well, I figured at that point you're already sort of committed, so you might as well just do every letter. But then your mom sort of stops no, she, halfway. She so skips. That's weird. She skips. It's D is and David. That's so weird. E, S is and Sam. AI. Yeah, see, for me, it's like if I'm doing one, I'll just do all of them. I'm not going to do, like, half and sort of mix. And that's, like, yeah, that's weird. That's and the worst part is sometimes I'll catch myself doing that. It's like, what's the last name? D is and David. I'm like, damn of it. Course. Yeah. No, of course. Standard. Standard. Uh, but, Tad, so, yeah, we definitely love our great sponsors at Underdog Fantasies and get in on the action. But, yeah, definitely we want to update those people who made make some of those bets on Underdog Fantasies platform this coming weekend for Week 11 because we may have some injuries that may affect some of those bets for sure. So let's start here with the, you know, we were talking about the Lions and the Chargers game. There was an injury in that game. I don't think there's going to be much to result from this because, I mean, just unfortunately, Tad, they're not involving him at all, especially no. when we thought some of the injuries would lead to him getting more involved. I had him picked as one of our picks during our waiver wire episode. Might have been during one of our starts at episode two. I might have double upped as well a couple of weeks ago. But just, yeah, I really just don't understand why they're not involving him. And that is Gerald Everett, the tight end with the Los Angeles Chargers. He exited the game against the Detroit Lions in the second half with an apparent back injury. Um, did not return to the game. He was questionable to return 
third, and they eventually ruled him out. And of course, he's going to be questionable heading into week 11 now. Um, severity injury, we still don't know. They're still doing some more tests to see whether what exactly is the extent of the injury, how severe it is, whether he's going to miss week 11. Maybe he'll miss more. Maybe he's going to miss no time at all. But Tad, I already sort of brought it up. It just it doesn't matter because it's just for some reason they're not leveraging it. In the passing game, like with this, we like we talked about this before with Mike Williams being out for the entire season with his injury, with Joshua Palmer being put on the IR a couple of weeks ago. You thought that all these other guys were going to have to step up, and that's they're going and that's how they're going to have to salvage the passing game because Keenan Allen can't do it alone. He is. Don't get me wrong. He is absolutely doing it on his own, but it couldn't hurt to give him some more support outside of Austin Eckler out of the backfield. It's just. I don't know what's happening there, but yeah, Gerald Everett is sort of non-existent in this game. It's pretty much just Austin Eckler and Keenan Allen. It's really hard to trust any of the Chargers tight ends. I mean, maybe you could trust Donald Parham. No, he's the no, only one who's no, scoring touchdowns. No, no, he's the only no, one who's scoring no. touchdowns because he's actually second on the team in touchdowns scored through the passing game behind Keenan Allen. He has four. Keenan Allen has six. So that's the only thing I'd say there. But yeah, they are very, very much touchdown dependent and just too hard to trust. It doesn't really surprise me because Brandon Saley comes from the Sean McVay tree, if I'm not mistaken. Nope, and, what, exactly right. and what we've been saying for the past, what, five years with this Rams offense is this is the year Higby blows up. This is the year. Look at this. Gerald Everett blows up. Like, we've been saying this forever. Gerald Everett's also a former Rams tight end. That's why so I mean. mean. <laughs> we were saying this all the way back when Gerald Everett was with the Rams. That's true. That's and true. for whatever reason, this McVay-type offense just does not utilize the tight end. And, and I think we got kind of tricked. Because Staley utilized him a little bit more than McVay did at first. But now that yeah. I think Staley knows his job is on the line, he's kind of fallen back to what he knows. And clearly it's working because the Chargers are on a pretty good streak right now despite this weekend. Um, so I think that – That's crazy, Tad. I heard the stat. Sorry to interrupt you, but no, I heard the stat it. during that game. That was the 100th game in the past decade for the Chargers. That was a one-loss loss. Fuck. Well, I mean, I mean that was that's like a staple of oh, my childhood. One score loss. One score loss. That's no, I I 100 believe that because that was a staple of my childhood growing up. Is Philip Rivers down by four with no timeouts with 80 yards yeah. to go? Like every weekend, I was like, how does he keep do, keep and on doing this? And the safety gets translated over, unfortunately, to Brandon Staley's regime here with the Chargers too. Like just they haven't overcome that giant monkey on their back yeah. of just like when they're in a one score game for some reason they're coming off on the wrong end of it. So also, yeah, I heard that. And I was just like, geez, that's insane. Listen, <laughs> listeners. Viewers, I promise we will get back to this. But uh, while we're sharing crazy stats, you want to hear another random crazy stat? Hit me. I love crazy stats. The Patriots lost their 33rd game this weekend against the Colts since Tom Brady left. Jeez. Their entire tenure under Tom Brady. Jeez. Hold on. Hold on. It gets better. Their entire tenure under Tom Brady as a starter, they lost 35. Yeah, that's that's yeah, that's up there. That's pretty damn insane for sure. Like just so, crazy exactly. Just and I Ted, I think we'll have to revisit that on the podcast, but just like does this tarnish Bill Belichick's legacy? Like 100%, I mean just it is 100%. absolutely crazy how much of a turd it has taken since Brady left the Bel uh, Bel left the Patriots and Bill Belichick. That's what I was trying to say there. It's just like, yeah. That stat, it also, it's like, it's shocking, but it also doesn't surprise me. Yeah, you. it's like shocking, but not shocking at the same time. Like, I knew it was bad. I didn't know it was that bad. It's like when yeah. you're, it's like when you're, the person you're dating is like, so I have some credit card debt. And you're like, okay. And they go, it's $10,000. And you're like, oh my God. <laughs> exactly. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Insane. Yeah, so, insane. anyway, going back to the Chargers is, uh, it doesn't really shock me that much that Gerald Everett's not being used considering the tree that Staley comes from. But yeah. I'm right there with this. It's, it, it, uh, this sounds ruthless, but again, that's fancy football for you. It's almost a good thing because that's always a streamer. You're like, this is the week. This is the week. And like that temptation is just gone now. It's just gone. Just pull it out and you're just like, all right, fine. He's hurt. He's not going to blow up. Fine. He's gone. I'm done trying it. So, look, like, obviously, I hope Gerald Everett gets better. But, yeah, it, I'm trying to think, like, maybe Quinn Johnston. And, yes, I'm incredibly biased when I say that. Maybe this is finally I, – I feel like Kellen Moore is finally just like, fuck, we have nobody else to go to. And that's why QJ finally got his first career touchdown. And, by the way, thank you for texting me as if I did not already see that. As if my phone maybe you weren't. You were out. I don't know. So I thought maybe you no, just did That's no idea. It was just funny because I spent the past like five minutes celebrating Quinn Johnson's touchdown. I got a text from a Murr being like, hey, QJ, just got his first touchdown. And I'm like, yes, thank you. 
I'm, I'm quite aware. <laughs> but I, I, yeah, we're going to talk about the other option, you know, in a little bit. But I, I think that there are just much better options that are still interesting pickups. But Gerald Everett, even if healthy, is not one of them. Yeah, exactly. And Tad, just to close off this topic here, I really thought that Everett might get involved this year specifically because I know you sort of talked about Sean McVay not using the tight ends, but you look last year where Cooper Cup was out pretty much the entire year. Higby got a lot of targets, and he was actually in the top 10 as a fantasy tight end for a lot of the year. I think he finished in the top 10, if I remember correctly, too. he finished around nine. It's very possible. So it's like I thought maybe this is the case again where it's just like, okay, Mike Williams is out. Now Josh Palmer is out. And all these guys are sort of, you know, going down with injuries. And so it's like other people then have to step up. And Gerald Everett has proven that he could be successful as a tight end in this league. Looking back to his first year with the Chargers, that's what we were very much, Tad, me and you, we are very much on the Gerald Everett bandwagon. We kept talking about the guy like pretty much every podcast episode. I remember that. And so it just... It's so surprising that it just didn't translate going on to a couple seasons now, especially, like I said, with just the subtraction there. You thought this was going to be an addition by the subtraction there, but just, yeah, fortunately hasn't been the case. So, yeah, I like it where it's like now you just don't have to worry. It's like, yep, nope, this is not – don't get cute. This is not a streaming option you want to take. It's just like, yeah, don't, don't, don't even think about it. Don't even think about it. But um, – Let's get to the next injury here, Tad. Let's get to go to the running back position here. This is the Minnesota Vikings, and this is Alexander Madison. He this unfortunately suffered a big hit in this game against the New Orleans Saints in the third quarter, was able to walk off the field on his own is power. It, real quick, sorry to interrupt. Is there a bounty gate out for Vikings? What is with Vikings getting absolutely lit up this season? Yeah, I don't know. I like, don't it's, know. it's like, what was his name? Greg Williams? It's like he's like in the NFL front offices now, but he's just doing the whole bounty thing, but with everybody. Yeah, I have no idea if that's the case, but Madison was able to walk off the field on his own power. He went straight to the medical tent, though, and eventually he was ruled out with a concussion afterwards. He will now enter the concussion protocol, obviously, and we'll see whether he can be cleared to play here in week 11 when they play the Denver Broncos. A pretty good matchup for them if he's able to go. But in instead, if he's not able to suit up, we did see Ty Chandler, the rookie out of. Donna. No, you don't know? Okay, this is the most recent draft, so I thought maybe you might have known. But the rookie out of North Carolina, Ty Chandler, in the fifth round. So he stepped up. This is what's really bad is he's my pick for pickup at running back this week. Of course, fantastic. Of course he is. (laughs) So he stepped up into the role when Madison went out. He was able to total 15 carries for 45 yards. He scored a touchdown. He played a total of 32 snaps in that game as well. But, yeah, he looks like he could be a serviceable option in that offense if Madison can't go. If Madison can't go, then I think we'll still see a little little bit of that split share between Madison and Ty Chandler. But um, yeah, that's just something you want to monitor to see what's the status with Alexander Madison and the concussion protocol, whether he's going to be able to play or whether you can pick up Ty Chandler off the waiver wire and make him a serviceable streaming option here. So Tad, I mean, why as well, while we're on the topic, why don't you bring up your pick here, Ty Chandler, and why he's a good pick off the waiver wire. So first things first, over under your favorite game. Yeah. <laughs> How many ESPN rosters have Ty Chandler on it? Is it over or under three percent? Three percent. Um, I'm thinking with the Acres injury, I'm leaning towards the over. So I'm gonna say over. I don't know why I do this to you. It's so mean. <laughs> it's a literal no win situation. Uh, he is sitting at a comfy two point seven percent roster right 2.7%, now. Two point seven percent. Two point seven percent. And but I'll tell you what I like a lot uh, a lot about him. And yes, I know it's just like we're going for the most obvious uh, waiver pickup of the week right now. But you know what? Sometimes the most obvious one is the best one, and there's a reason for it. Is because here's the interesting fact. So Madison went down in the third quarter. I don't know if mm-hmm. you mentioned that. But before that, kind of like what you briefly mentioned, was it wasn't just just split carries. Chandler actually had more carries than Madison did. It, granted, it was by one, so he had nine, Madison had eight. But it was very clear that like that that split carry approach is what they were going to you know be going forward with anyways. And so yes, he benefited from Madison's injury, but he scored his only touchdown of the game before Madison was out. So it was funny because, uh, like I said, I went, you know, I went to brunch with some friends. One of my buddies was like, I'm going to the airport in an hour. Do you mind if I post up in your apartment for a bit? And we were sitting watching football and Chandler scored his touchdown. What's the first thing I did? Look to see if he was available. 
yep. my league because I was like that just the his usage. I was like, I think they might be trying something, and it makes sense because Asin has or Asin Madison is not exactly. I'm getting my sons mixed up. Madison <laughs> Asin's been killing it. If you if Jordan Asin is available, you go get that man right now. But I highly doubt it. I yeah. I would guess like ninety nine point nine for roster but anyway madison not asin madison hasn't exactly he's on the opposite end of the spectrum he hasn't exactly been killing it you know the past couple weeks over the past five weeks i almost did over under here but i felt like it was gonna be too easy over the past five weeks he's only scored over 10 points once once so fancy wise and on the field wise he he hasn't been doing terribly but at the same time, he also hasn't been producing as the number one back the Vikings clearly were hoping he was going to be, especially in the wake, as you mentioned, of the Cam Akers injury of like, okay, now now is your time to step up. Now is your time to solidify this job. He didn't get it done. So I think that they kind of turned towards Ty Chandler then. And we're like, all right, Rook, let's see if you got it. And up until, you know, the end of the game, he really did prove I got it. So I think that this is a really, really like one of those rare cases where it's a valuable late season get that is a potential, uh, you know, explosion opportunity in terms of production. Meaning that he, it would not shock me if Ty Chandler took over as the you know top running back in Minnesota right now because Cam Akers is out for the foreseeable future. Uh, Madison, we don't even know if he's playing next weekend. And so I think that Ty Chandler is one of those guys that may, and I don't even think he's going to be number one for a guy I'm going to bring up later. I think he may be the number one pickup. So even if you're like three, four or five, you may still have a solid shot to get him. So I really, really like Ty Chandler as a, like my top waiver pickup of this week, not just a running back, but just overall. So I really like him. And also I really hate him because every time I say Ty Chandler, I think of the old NBA center. I just imagine him playing running back, which is a hilarious thought. <laughs> that would be Tyson Chandler. Yes. Yeah, so same horrible. thing. Ty Chandler, Tyson Chandler. Same thing. Yeah, it's close enough. It's close but enough. come on. Tell me you don't want to see him take at least one NFL carry. That would be amazing. That would be interesting for sure. That dude was um, jacked. But yeah, I think it's a very solid pickup. I think it's just obviously you look at what Minnesota is doing. It just unfortunately, once they released uh, Dalvin Cook, you thought that they'd lead more on that one back approach with Alexander Madison and he'd sort of take over. But it doesn't look like the case. He just hasn't looked as effective. Then they're definitely lead on Cam Akers when he was there for the short time that he was fortunately went out with the injury. And then, yeah, now they're leading on the rookie Ty Chandler to sort of sprinkle in to sort of get that dual threat ability with both of those running backs, the two headed monster in the backfield. And so, yeah, I think he definitely holds value, even if Alexander Madison is good to go, because clearly, like you said, Tad, up until that injury, it seemed like it was very much a split duties between both Chandler and Madison. So they definitely both hold value. And it's looking like Chandler has a little bit more effectiveness in this offense compared to Madison. So I mean, think, yeah, if he's available and you can stack him off, the, clearly he's available because you he said he's only rostered 2.7% of ESPN League. So, yeah, if you are able to get him as your top waiver wire priority. It's a very solid addition, right, as we're getting close to the fantasy playoffs. Well, and here's the reason why I trust him so much, too, is because whoever the team, in most cases, I'm not saying this is a universal rule, but in most cases, whoever the team trusts the most at the goal line is who they you know, trust the most overall. It's like who gets the ball, they'll get it in the end zone. And like I said, Chandler was the only running back for the Vikings to score this past weekend. So that was a big not red flag. That was a big uh, uh, green light to me of like rearrayed, like, you know, kind of those old tops were those things called where you just like let them rip battle tops or something. Tops. I don't know, man. No, it wasn't just called <laughs> tops. Come on. I don't know. Rip them tops. I don't know. I'll look it up. But there were these old tops when I was a kid where you just like you would put in like a little plastic piece and you just rip it. And that that's where let them rip came from. It's not. But that's that's where my version of let them rip. Came yeah, from. yeah. And so, but it's kind of like that. It's like, I feel like they're like, screw it. We got this rookie. Our season's probably done anyway. Let's let it rip. And he proved it. So let's see how it does go moving forward, uh, how he does moving forward. And let's not forget the Bro the Broncos, the Vikings next two games. This is, we'll explain it. The Vikings next two games before their bye week are against the Bears and the Broncos. Not two very intimidating defenses. So there's a very good chance that he puts up some pretty solid games too. I say next weekend, start him as a, you know, kind of hesitant flex play. And if he shows up again, all of a sudden he's an RB2, uh, RB2 territory for me. Yeah, 
So, yeah, go grab Ty Chandler. I think that's a solid addition. So, got two more injuries that we need to get here to here, Tad. We got two quarterbacks, actually, that we need to speak about. So, first of all that we're going to bring up is Derek Carr, quarterback of the New Orleans Saints. In that, that same game weird. against the Minnesota Vikings, he took a big shot from Daniel Hunter in that game right on the shoulder in the third quarter of the game. He was taken back to the locker room, and he was quickly ruled out of that game. They evaluated him not only for the injured shoulder, obviously, but also for a concussion because he took that big of a hit. Um, conveniently, though, Tad... Northern Saints are on a bye week this week. So of the four teams on a bye week, the Saints are on a bye week. Your Colts are on a bye week, having just played Thank in God. Germany, as well as the Patriots, who were their opponents in that game. So they're also on a bye week. And the Atlanta Falcons are also on a bye week this week. So we got four teams on a bye. But like I said, this, I think, may benefit the Saints because the Saints are going to be on a bye week here in week uh, 11. And hopefully he should be good to go by week 12 when they play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're looking at the injury. It's not looking as severe. We're talking about the shoulder here, not about the concussion. But it's looking like it's not as severe as they may thought it was. It's just looking like a re-sort of aggravation of that sprain that he had back in week three. Now, that sort of could be good news or could be sort of bad news. They sort of re-injured that throwing arm. He didn't miss any time when he had that injury back in week three. He missed the rest of that game. And then he came back the next week and he was totally fine. But if you're re-injuring that that throwing hand, your throwing shoulder, I should say specifically, then that sort of worries me. And so in his place, we did see James Winston come into the game. He looked good at times. He also looked like his usual, you know. So I was about to say, he played, he played like James Winston. He looked good at times. He threw some really dumb passes at times. It was just, God, that was, it was so funny because, sorry to interrupt, but. Um, yeah, no, it's good. It's good. It's so funny because, yeah, he stepped up. And honestly, I was saying, not that Derek, it's Derek Carr's fault with what's going on with this offense. But I don't know about you. I was kind of getting that vibe from New Orleans of like. I don't know, like this may not be the solution and kind of stuff like that, especially with how Taysom Hill does when he's at quarterback. And uh, I was like, oh, man, if James Winston kills it here, this could lead to a controversy. And then it was funny because he had that, you know, touchdown pass to A.T. Perry, who everyone's losing their minds. And then, of course, he had that, like, chef's kiss pass to Chris Olave. And I was like, oh, my God, James Winston might play himself into the starting role. And then James Winston's. Of course. And it was just like, why are you forcing that throw? And it was just so funny. Because, yeah, that's that's all the commentary I've heard this week of. Like, well, he was good at times. He was bad at times. I'm like, this is exactly what happened when he was in Tampa Bay with a 30 and 30. He is still the only player as of now in NFL history to do that. And there's a reason for that. Because I've never seen a player like him. He is a, he is a specimen. Man, I want, I want to study him for the rest of my life. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm not sure what this offense will look like with Jameis Winston under center if he does have to play in two weeks when they play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, his former team. So we'll see about that. But like I said, I think they get the benefit there where they have the bye week. So Derek Carr has a little bit more rest time to sort of recover. Like I said, hopefully that shoulder injury is not going to be as severe the way the Saints are hoping. And if he's in the concussion protocol, should be able to clear it pretty quickly unless it's pretty severe. But it doesn't look like that should be the case. But definitely want to bring it up in case it ends up being a little bit more of a hindrance for him to play in week 12, but it's looking like he should be okay here with that bye week here at week 11. So last injury that we get close with here, we we're sort of talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but their quarterback had a little bit of an issue. Baker Mayfield of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He banged his I thumb. In the fourth- one. I was surprised when this popped up on the list. Cause it's not that serious, but I did want to bring it up still. He did bang his thumb in the fourth quarter. There are a lot of people say they, uh, that he banged it on a helmet. We don't have exactly the exact video proof of when the injury happened, but sometime I think they're saying at the end of the game, he was able to finish the entire game. He didn't miss any snaps at all. Um, they are playing this weekend against the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, this is a situation to just sort of monitor, like whether it, that's going to hinder him, whether he's going to have to miss the game. It's looking like he's saying he's all right. The uh, team doctors and the head coach and the pro coaching staff are saying that it should be all right, too. But I think this is the big thing you want to be careful of is that this was the thumb on his throwing hand. So if mm. this is going to cause him issues throughout the week of practice where he can't handle snaps, he can't grip the ball. I was just about to say the grip, the grip there is huge. Exactly. So it's like if it was on the non-throwing hand, I think he'd get by because this happened to Justin Herbert where he had the split on his middle finger on his non-throwing hand. He's obviously still able to play the game and he was doing to it completely fine. But yeah, this with thumb on his throwing hand, this could cause him issues throughout the week of practice and it could hinder him and it may cause him some pain and discomfort as the game goes along as they play this weekend. But be saying it's not serious, then I think it should be good to go. He should be all straight, all straight for this Week 11 game against the San Francisco 49ers. But in case it does cause him a hindrance, 
You got your boy Kyle Trask will be the next <gasps> man up there to play. Is it time? Is it Kyle Trask time? a very vaunted United defense that I would not was be. Was he ever a, here? Can he be back if he was never here? No, he was never here. He was He's not here. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so that's just, you know, water monitor situation there. It's looking like Mayfield should be fine to play. But with it, like I said, on the throwing hand, could cause some issues this week. Yeah. I mean, let's be real. How many people really play? If you're playing Baker Mayfield against the 49ers, you're pretty desperate. Although it is interesting to note, even with, you know, the Jaguars obvious offensive struggles, a lot of them, Calvin Ridley, you know, out of this conversation, but a lot of them still put up pretty respectable numbers given the blowout is I think uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence, depending on the formator and put up about 16 points, which again, being blown out by what, like 37 points, not terrible. And then Christian Kirk, I can say as somebody who has uh, Christian Kirk on his roster, still put up 11 points, which I was pretty happy with considering, you know, that score. So that 49ers defense, while good, that secondary is very, very susceptible. So if Baker's good to go, or if you have Chris, Go- well, not really Chris Godwin, but if you have like Mike Evans, not a bad play because that that 49ers defense is one that tends to scare people away on the surface. But when you actually do your research, they tend to struggle against the pass, against the run. I'm not playing any running back against that defense. Yeah, so I think it's just once again, it's like most similar things where it's just you get that garbage time, you know, yardage and you know possible. No, but Christian Kirk wasn't even garbage time. He was in some big time throws in like the yeah, second no, or third. Yeah, no, there's a few throws that he had throughout the game that's just like, yeah, he was able to get open and get some, you know, good yardage for sure. So yeah, I think you could get some good yardage against this defense, but overall, it's like if they're on points, then it's like you're not gonna get a ton of points. So you may not get touchdowns, but yeah, 100% most of these fantasy leagues are in PPR format, so you should get those receptions and then the receiving yard. So you should have a pretty decent day, depending on the player that you're playing at the receiver position against the Niners defense. But yeah, we'll see how it all plays out there. So those are the injuries, not as many as we usually get through in a given week. So yeah, it's actually kind of, you know, on the lower front there and they don't seem to be too serious either. So some of these guys that we brought up, they should be able to be good to go for week 11, but we'll see exactly how it plays out. Some of those guys are on a bye week, like we talked about with Derek Carr. So you should be good to go by the following week after the bye week. So, um, yeah, let's get into our picks here, Ted and week 11. So we're not going to get to all of our picks here. Like, um, I'm not going to bring up a quarterback because I think at this point, Tad, we mentioned the four teams that are on a bye week, right? We talked about the Colts, we talked about the Patriots, talked about the Falcons, and we talked about the four teams that are blanking here, the Saints. Sorry, it was just the Saints. So if you're starting any of those quarterbacks that you need to find a replacement for them, I feel like you're kind of already out of the running for fantasy playoffs. Like, I mean, there's something else is more wrong with your roster compared to the quarterback position. So I don't even have a quarterback that I want to bring up this week. Also, if you look at all the teams that are playing this week, I think if you have one of those quarterbacks, you're fine. You're obviously not looking for a starting option. So that's why I don't have a quarterback here. So, Dad, I'm just going to pass it to you here, just very similar like we did last week, where it's just like, give me your three favorite additions for the Week 11 waiver wire. I know you already brought up Hi Chandler, but bring up any board that you have this week. Yeah, you suck. <laughs> we can't, we cannot do a fantasy football episode about who to pick up and not do a single quarterback. We got to. Okay. Like, people Go are going to need a quarterback. People are going to need a quarterback. So much like what happened in the last game this guy played in, you punted it right towards me. They were like, it's your problem now. And I was like, thank you. Thank you so much for that. As I was doing <laughs> So you have forced me in this position by swear to God. If I were in a position where I'm forced to pick up a quarterback, this is the guy I would pick up. Luckily, Patrick Mahomes is back from his bye week, so I don't have to. But I know people are going to roll their eyes. I know they're going to call me crazy. You probably are too. I say right with Jordan Love for one more week. I'm telling you. I'm uh, telling you. I don't hold know about that one. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Let me explain myself. So Jordan Love is currently rostered in 45% of leagues. And look, I am I am not saying like he's a real sleeper. This is a real good pick. It's a dangerous game. But let's play it. Let's just play it for fun. It's like, a, a, damn it, what was Matthew Broderick's name in War Games? I don't remember his name. It's yeah. probably too old of a reference anyway. So anyway, is do you want to play a game? Let's play a game. He put up a respectable 16 points against the Steelers, which, by the way, the Steelers are the 12th ranked fantasy defense in the league right now. So that's no small feat, especially given how this offense has been performing the past couple of weeks. So I was pretty surprised by that. I feel like a lot of people were. And another thing I was also surprised by, he's a top 15 fantasy quarterback this year. 
Which, okay, I see that's the exact reaction I knew for, for our podcast listeners. He's, <laughs> I'm just doing like the George Clooney, like head tilt. The head bob here, just like, yeah, okay, I think his numbers are skewed from his hot start to the season. It's not, though. It's, it's not. Been... Let me talk about that. Let me talk about that because that's what okay. I thought, too. All right. All right. Is because, it. all right, let me tell you, Danny Ocean. So it was. <laughs> I was totally expecting that as well. Of like, oh yeah, he had like two or three 25 point performances, and he did. But guess how many times over under? Guess how many times one he scored less than 10 points? We're setting the over under at one. Well, I guess he in this case, I'm guessing zero times. So under. God, I got you again. It's exactly one. Of course. Well, that's yeah, not fair. <laughs> But isn't that crazy? He's only scored under 10 points once all season with which all the, you know, the, and I'm going to sound like freaking Trump here, but with all the media criticism surrounding him, you'd think he he's having like an all time bad fantasy season. He's not, he's not having a great one. I'm not going to say that, but he's pretty much surprisingly consistently finishing around the 13, 14 point mark. So like if you are truly desperate for a streamer, I think he's actually not a terrible guy to ride with with one more week. I'm not saying the rest of the season. I'm not saying a bench and stash. I'm saying ride with him for one more week because who does he play next week? Do you know? I don't. The Green Bay Packers play the Los Angeles Chargers. And I picked up Jared Goff this past weekend with his performance, 23 points, by the way. The Chargers have allowed every quarterback they faced to go for over 20 points, not 20 points or over, over 20 points, except before people start yelling at me, except for three guys. You ready for these three guys? It was Aiden O'Connell, mm. Zach Wilson, yeah, and Tyson Beijing. Those are the only three quarterbacks they've held. I don't know why I'm holding up four fingers. Those are the only three quarterbacks they've held to <laughs> less than 20 points. Now, I think that Jordan Love is on the same level as those guys. But at the same time, I also think that, that the Packers offense is a little bit more talented than most of those offenses. So I actually like Jordan Love as a pretty solid streaming option. It's a risky play, but if you're desperate, I think that's the guy to roll with. Because like as you were saying, that pool is pretty much dried up at this point. It's like tight ends and quarterbacks. Not a whole lot of good options out there. He's your best bad option. Yeah, I, I understand it there, but just like it's it's hard for me to sort of justify that one where it's just, you know, 13 to 14 at the quarterback position. I need more. I do. at quarterback position. I know in a streaming option, it's sort of like a spot start that I can sort of understand that as long as I get double digits, that's saying something. But I'm needing at least like 15 for my quarterback. That's fair, but that's what I'm saying is like he's in – keep in mind a lot of those games, and I know he's not producing, but I do think the attention he's drawing is the reason why a lot of these guys like Jaden Reed – are succeeding now is Christian Watson does demand a lot of defensive focus and he was not there for most of the first part of the season. So now that he's there, I think I honestly got to think that's why his production is dropping off because defenses are paying so much attention to him that all of a sudden Jaden Reed is open 30 yards down the field. That's why Jaden Reed goes off for 15, 16 points, whatever he did. Fair, fair. All right, yeah, so it's not a bad spot start, but yeah, I guess just color me a little bit more pessimistic with Jordan Love here, so. I'll tell you, that yeah, Chargers defense is bad, man. It is, it is. There, It's a very good matchup base start, for sure, so yeah, it could pan out, for sure. Um, all right, Tad, what else is another pick that you like here? We can so, obviously, I already mentioned Ty Chandler. He's my uh, running back pick of the week, so I say run with him if you're available. If you're past the waiver six pick, probably not going to get him, so I would plan for a backup, but I'm telling you, I think he's going to slip surprisingly down a couple waiver wires. So if you're at three, four or five, go for it. See what happens. You know, it's, we're about 12 hours away or no, not 12 hours. We're about 36 hours away from waiver wires hitting. So we'll see how that goes. Um, this is the guy you killed me with in our DK DraftKings lineup is, uh, uh, you know what? I'm a believer. And it was funny. Cause I, I was like, why would you start this man? When I saw your lineup, <laughs> And then he, my God, you're talking about a second half blow up. Noah Brown, I'm calling it. That dude's legit. So this is a very, you know, I, I was mean with over under. I'll, I'll give you an underhand, you know, fastball here. Noah Brown over the last two games has only been outperformed by one receiver in the entire NFL when it comes to receiving yards over the last two games. Who's the only receiver to outperform him? Probably CeeDee Lamb. Ah, boy, it's yeah. CD Lamb. So, <laughs> but and here's the crazy thing is he's only like 
30, 40 yards behind C.D. Lamb. Yeah. So, like, as much love as he's getting, which he should because he's been absolutely insane, he, like, if Noah Brown was doing this on, I don't know, the, the Giants or the Jets or the Niners or any, like, other big-time, you know, market team, he'd be getting just as much love as Lamb's getting. But he's doing just as well as Lamb is doing over the past couple of games. Now, I know what people are going to say. Nico Collins has been out the last two games. And that's fair. That's a totally fair counter. But I honestly got thinking, no, I don't have any stats to back this up. But I have to back this up that sometimes guys play themselves into bigger roles in the offense. And I think that, you know, D'Amico Ryans and this offense, and yes, I know he doesn't control the offense. I just can't remember. What's their offensive coordinator's name again? He was the 49ers. Well, whatever. So that play. guy, I mean, he comes from, I mean, if we're talking coaching trees, like we were earlier with McVay, he comes from the Shanahan coaching tree. He's a smart offensive mind. And he uh, clearly, because good Lord, does CJ Stroud look amazing. Um, I, I really think that he understands, okay, this offense works better when Brown is actively involved. So I think that, yes, leading up to these two games, Brown had only had 154 yards on the season. Yeah. He sucked leading up until this hot streak. But I think this hot streak, while it may dip a bit, is still here to stay even when Nico Collins comes back. So I think that, again, he has played himself into a starting role. And on top of that, you look at, you know, the the next couple weeks, and this is not straight. Like, they, it's really weird. They go easy game, hard game, easy game, hard game, which I love because that makes the Colts' chances of being weirdly competitive for the division crown better. But anyway, fantasy-wise... These are the next couple matchups they have in between some tougher ones. They play Arizona. They play Denver. And I know Denver, just a spoiler, by the way, buddy, uh, Denver had a walk-off field goal. They beat the Bills. Interesting. How about okay. that? But even then, Denver still sucks. So they play Arizona, Denver, and Tennessee. Those are some bad, bad secondaries to play over the next couple weeks in a very crucial time in your season. So I actually like Noah Brown as a very playable flex player. I don't think I he's quite in wide receiver two territory, but as a flex option, it's a good speculative ad. Yeah, I think the big thing there that you brought up already is just that Nico Collins is health. So I think that's the reason why Noah Brown has sort of been able to go off. We also I think this seeing, was his last 20 point game. I think 100 percent that's the case because we've also been seeing and this is the point I was going to make, too, is that we've also been seeing the tight end Dalton Schultz really get into the action, mm. too. But I think in this case. Like you said, because of the performance that Noah Brown has been able to perform, for lack of a better word there, um, over the last two games, I think even once Nico Collins comes back, I think they may go more three wide receiver sets. So you may yeah. see some Brown, some Tank Dell, as well as some Nico Collins. And also you have to understand that all three of those guys bring a different skill set to the receiver position. Like That's, that's the thing. Is Noah Brown is like, I'm the guy to stretch the field with. Exactly. So I think they can all bring different skill sets to the offense. And I think Dalton Schultz, unfortunately, will take the hit there where it's like he may not got involved into the offense as much. I think he will be, but just not to the same extent that he's getting involved these past two games where Deacon Collins has been out. So, yeah, Noah Brown, 100 percent. I think I like him as a flex play for at least the next couple weeks, at least until we see what exactly the offense is going to look like with Nico Collins. But I think all three of them, like I said, Dell, Brown, and Collins, they can all live harmoniously with C.J. Stroud play the way that he's played. We back at the start of the season when I said John Mechie is going to be comeback player of the year, this is what I thought he was going to be doing. <laughs> that was the hope. That was the hope that, yeah, what Noah Brown is doing right now is what John Mechie would have been able to do. But we'll see. There's still a little bit of hope that it could possibly happen. But I will think this season. Real quick, 10 seconds or less. Comeback player of the year. So, Demar Hamlin? Because I have a pick, but I want to see who you pick. I think, yeah, unfortunately, that's the slam dunk pick. Still. so dumb. He's I played know, like two steps. I, I know, I know. But no, no, no. It, and, and normally, I'd agree with you. Normally, I'd agree with you. I'd call it at this point. I'd be like, fine, we'll give him, you know, the participation award. But I think Josh Dobbs might get it. Josh, if there's was, there was another player that I'm picking, Josh Dobbs is very much that guy. That would yes. be it. That would be the pick. I don't know if you saw Ted, just, um, the NFL, they updated their Twitter header banner or whatever. It used to be pictures of Taylor Swift. It is now Josh Dobbs. And then it. It says, their caption says, in Dobbs we trust. So it's like, yeah, yeah, they're very much Hell on yeah, board let's too. go. So I can see that happening. I can see that happening. I still am very much leading towards DeMar Havlin, just the fact that he's able to play now. I mean, I know he's been inactive for a lot of their games, but that's the main thing there. But yeah, if there's a guy that I'm picking outside DeMar Havlin, 100% is Josh Dobbs right now. Give it to 100%. Dobbs. Do it. Do it, you cowards. <laughs>
All right, so we're going to get to some of my favorite ads this week. I'm going to start at the tight end position here, Ted. I know you already gave a quarterback, a receiver, and a running back. So All right, spoiler tight end alert, here. this was my go-to pick, and of course, Amir beat me to it. Well, I think it's just sort of like one of these things where we talked about with the quarterback position, where it's like, you know, it's a very thin pool at the waiver wire position for these two specific positions. But I think him blowing up the way that he did over this past weekend, especially with a return to Kyle Murray, I think this could spell good things for the rest of the season, especially if you have a hole in the tight end position that you need to plug. And as Trey McBride, the former high draft pick out of Colorado State, and he's rostered in about 50.8% of ESPN leagues, and he's rostered in 59% of Yahoo leagues. So it's about 50% chance that he is available in your league. So, I mean, he's a good ad. So, I mean, Ted, he set a career high in receiving yards with 131 in Kyler Murray's first game back. I mean, that's always saying something that's just like Kyler Murray's looking his way, looking like that safety valve option, just a guy that he can sort of trust. He is only behind uh, receiver Michael Wilson as far as snaps played on offense among all skilled position players. He's also two weeks removed, Ted, from a performance against the Baltimore Ravens where he set career highs in receptions with 10 and career highs in targets with 14. So, I mean... It seems like with Zach Ertz out, we thought this was going to happen last year during his rookie year. It might have been two years ago. I can't remember. But during his rookie year, year, Zach Ertz got hurt, and we thought he was going to step up into that role to sort of, you know, become that high-priced rookie that we all saw him during the draft process. He didn't happen. Maybe it just took him a little longer. Like, I mean, I talked about this with rookie titles before, where it's just like it takes them a little bit longer to adjust to the NFL speed of the game. Seattle Port is an anomaly. Like, he's proving me completely wrong. But he is sort of the exception to the rule, whereas, like, here, now we're seeing Trey McBride succeed in his uh, next couple of seasons here. And he's really looking like he's emerged as a very viable option in this passing offense. Um, I do want to sort of throw a caveat in there that's very hit or miss, because between those performances between the Baltimore Ravens Ravens two weeks ago and the performance that he had over the weekend sandwiched between that he had a bit of a dud game tad he only had five targets three receptions and 22 receiving yards in his game two weeks ago so it's going to be very interesting to see which Trey McBride you're going to get but especially Kyle Murray's first game back that sort of gives me a little bit more optimism of that I think he continue his positive you know step forward and be a crucial part of this offense going forward. So, but yeah, I like Trey McBride as a good ad. If you need a tight end, if you need tight end help specifically, this might be my favorite ad of the week uh, past, you know, Ty Chandler is because I, I, we, if you remember, we kind of saw this trend towards the end of last year as well, because uh, if, if I'm remembering correctly, Ertz got hurt in like week 10 or 11 last year was pretty late in the season. And so McBride, kind of like you were saying, had a bit of a slow start. Cause I remember that week that Ertz got hurt. You and I both were like McBride, McBride, McBride. And then he had like Mm -hmm. two or three weeks where he had like five points. And we're like, this is why we hate tight ends. Cause it's just like a possible (laughs) call. And then as soon as we told you to jump off the ship, then slowly, but steadily that his production started going up. And then of course the season ended and we're just like, okay, but again, that was all without Kyler Murray. Cause he was out at that point. So we were just like, weren't really sure how this relationship would work between mm-hmm. McBride and Murray. And yes, this may be a flash in the pan. No, I don't think this will be a consistent uh, type of performance to expect that McBride, but it's very clear that with this offensive line, that is very young, very developmental still that Kyler Murray. Cause that's the thing is like, I was like, I wonder if he regrets coming back because every time he was on red zone, that poor man was running for his life. Very true. Very true. Against Atlanta. Yeah. Like that's the thing. It's like, if it was against like, and I guess not anymore, but if it was against like, you know, the old Washington defensive line, I'd be like, okay, understandable. That's a good defensive line. But like Atlanta, really, you're going to make them look like they're the, you know, purple people eaters. Like, come on. And so like, God help Kyler Murray for the rest of the season. I hope he doesn't get hurt. But um, the bottom line being is I think that Kyler Murray, like you said, is going to need that safety valve, that quick out a lot in the upcoming weeks. So I, I see his target numbers staying steady. Will he produce with those? Not at the same level, but you know, production will come from that level of targets no matter what. So I actually really, really like him as a good uh, pickup. I'm actually struggling because I have Dallas Goddard and David Njoku, who had a pretty good week. So if I did not have Njoku as my backup plan, McBride would be at the top of my list for tight ends to look for. Yeah, it should be a high priority ad if you need help at the tight end position. Now, Tad, I'm going to get to the wide receiver position. We talked about Gerald Everett as sort of being a disappointment. <gasps> I'm going to bring Same up a thing. guy as Same sort of thing. a sneaky addition here at the wide receiver position. Attaboy. 
Jalen Guyton, wide receiver oh, for the Los Angeles Chargers. You now, it, it, it's funny that you sort of get all excited because you thought, obviously, the day that I was going to bring up was Quentin Johnston. But Better receiver. you look at Guyton, he's been on this team since 2019. So he has familiarity with playing with Justin Herbert and playing under Brandon Staley for a handful of seasons now. He had six targets in that game against the Detroit Lions, which was second on the team behind Keenan Allen. He caught four of those targets for 41 receiving yards, and he also scored a touchdown in that game, too. Um, Guyton was elevated for the practice squad because I think, obviously, they needed the help. We already talked about Mike Williams being out. We already talked about Josh Palmer being out. We already talked about the tight ends not being a relevant piece of this offense. But Guyton seemed to step in and be a trusted piece for Justin Herbert in this passing offense. I mean, Ted. So many times on this podcast, we've talked about Quentin Johnson and just how he has this opportunity to take a stranglehold of a starting position with the Los Angeles Chargers. But just for some reason, whether it's the combination of Kellen Moore, whether it's the combination of him just still not adapting to the NFL offenses and adjusting to NFL defenses, just whatever it is, he has still not been able to be that sort of main guy oh, that everyone was hoping he would be I mean, as being a rookie first-round pick for the Los Angeles Chargers. But here steps in Guyton, who, like I said, I think can be a dependable piece of this option for Justin Herbert going forward. It's a very risky pick because he's rostered only 0.2% of ESPN leagues and 0% of Yahoo leagues. So he is widely available and i bet you off the waiver wires there's not a lot of people that are going to be talking about the picking up this guy or clamoring to get this guy either but if he could sort of continue that trade of what he did against the detroit lads now i will also throw in the fact that that was a little bit of a barn burner you know completely just back and forth trading scores type of game so he had to involve everybody that was possible so he may not be in the game plan every single week, but I like him, especially if he got a, you know, flex option or you need a flex option for this week because he's playing the Green Bay Packers. And I know the Packers defense has been all right. You look at the numbers they have, you know, allowed over the past four games after their bye week, they've only allowed an average of 179 passing yards per game. Let me read off the quarterbacks that they played though, Tad. They oh, played God. Russell Wilson. They played okay. Kirk Cousins. They okay. played Brett Rippon. Oh. Los Angeles Rams, and then they played Kenny Pickett last week. Now, of those four quarterbacks, Kirk Cousins, probably the most legit of those options, he absolutely went off against the Packers defense. He threw for 274 passing guards and two touchdowns. Now, you bring up a guy with caliber that is Justin Herbert. I think he could sort of put very similar numbers to what Kirk Cousins did. So I think this could be a very much a good matchup for the Chargers passing offense to get some open holes and to really take advantage of this defense. And this is where Jalen Guyton can sort of slip in and be a very sneaky dark horse addition to your fancy roster if you need that help at that flex position. Especially like we talked about with some of the teams that are on a bye week this week where we got the Colts, the Falcons, the Patriots, the Saints. If you have Kyle Pitts and or John New Smith at the flex, you know, possibly you're running a two tight end sort of thing. Drake Ludden, Josh Downs or the Colts, obviously, Michael Pittman. You got Chris Olave or Rashid Shahid. Any of those guys are obviously all going to be out this week. I think, you know, Jalen Guyton could possibly be a sneaky addition. Now, obviously, I know you maybe you want to talk a little bit about Quentin Johnston here, but just like I said, I'm leaning more towards Jalen Guyton over Johnston. I think that's a good pick. As much as I hate to admit it, because here's what happened. So for those of you who didn't watch the game, I believe it was the third quarter. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but Keenan Allen went down with some type shoulder of injury. injury. Yes. Shoulder. Yes. It was a shoulder injury because he fell on it. That's right. So he was that the third quarter. So quick update on that. I'm pretty yes. sure it was the third quarter. He left the game. He went to the he, locker room. People fine. thought it was more he's serious. Fine. He came back in the game. But he as of today, touchdown, that, didn't he? he did score the second touchdown later in the game. He did. Uh, the coaching staff did say that he is day to day now, though, he's as fine. of today. He's fine. He'll, he should be perfectly fine. He should be able to grind through it because obviously they have nobody else. So that offense is really going to suffer if he does have to miss time. I think he should be just fine. But just wanted to update folks out there who do have Keaton Allen that he is listed officially as day to day. Possibility that he could miss the game, but it's not looking that way. Yeah. So anyway, so when he went down, not that I was happy, but I was like, finally. Like, Kellen Moore, because I half joke about this, and here's what really, all jokes aside, here's why I think is happening with the Quentin Johnson uh, Chargers relationship is I think, I, 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 just, I don't know why they drafted him. Because when they drafted him, I was like, okay, great, they're going to utilize him like he was utilized at TCU, kind of a stretch the field type of dude, kind of be like the next Mike Williams, but for some reason they are using him like a speedster, which I don't know why you're doing that because he's not. 
And so, like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what they were thinking there, but they're not utilizing him properly. And so, finally, I was like, finally, he is forced in the number one and number two position where he will be utilized properly. What happens that same drive where Keenan Allen gets hurt? It's a throw down the middle into the end zone. I'm like, oh, my God, it's going to be QJ and it's Kitan. It's like, oh, come on. <laughs> I'm like, how many of these guys could they possibly have to replace Johnston than Johnson himself? Like, at a certain point, like you said, it literally has to be, like, just Johnson they can yeah, throw it to to much, make it happen. And it really did feel like that on the touchdown where Kellen Moore was like, I just fuck it. Let's just try it. And yeah. shocker, it worked. <laughs> But point being is I think Guyton is a much uh, uh, scheme fits, not the right word, but his skill set. That's what I'm looking for. His skill set is a much better fit in this offense than Johnson's is. Um, so I think that Guyton is good. I think that Johnson is a worthwhile bench pickup. It's an interesting stash and see. But Guyton, like you said, is an instant, like especially if you're kind of desperate for it, is a very, very interesting kind of flex option to kind of plug in there and see just because even if Keenan Allen is healthy, kind of what we're talking with, uh, about with Noah Brown is maybe he played himself in to a, be- a bigger role on this offense, especially because, like I said, clearly Quinn Johnson's not filling that role right now. So they need somebody to step up and Guyton could be that guy. So it is a very, very interesting ad there. Is he an immediate start? depends on your situation but it's like like worst case scenario a very interesting stash 100 there and tad the last thing that i want to bring up here as far as waiver wire additions is the defensive pick especially a lot of people out there like to stream defenses um i'm gonna go with the detroit lions i mean i know they sort of had a bad performance against the los Angeles chargers it's just very much trading uh scores so it's just a very high scoring day i think they ended up with i think two points if I remember correctly. It might have been negative points if I remember absolutely correctly. One of my leagues, I had a broad start actually. thought they'd do a little bit better, but yeah, I think they had negative points, but here's the big thing. They have a very good matchup against the Chicago Bears this week. Like The divisional matchup, they need to stack wins in the division. 100% the Chicago Bears. I'm not sure where the Justin Fields is going to play. I'm about to say, you're not worried about the Fields return? Even if he does play, though, this Detroit Lions defense is pretty strong. I think they'll be able to control this offense a little bit more. I think just that Chargers offense is a little bit more high-powered compared to the Chicago offense. Uh, Bears are currently averaging 15 points per game over the last three weeks. Uh, Bears have allowed the second most uh, – they currently have the second most rushing yards in the league on offense, but they have the ninth fewest passing yards in the league. Lions are the only team so far that have allowed only one team one team, not even a player, but one team to rush for 100 yards on them. So if oh. they can shut down the Bears and their rushing attack, they're going to force them to pass. Whether it's Tyson Bajan, whether it's Justin Fields, whoever it is, if they're going to force them to pass, that's going to play to the straights of the Detroit Lions. And I think that's where they're going to come ahead with some turnovers, for some sacks or whatever, and that's where they're going to get you some good fantasy points. So streaming option this week that I like as a pick up and start, plug-and-play sort of thing, the Detroit Lions. I got nothing on defense. If you're streaming a defense this week, I am sorry. This is this is a rough, rough, you know, pick from the field for you. But hey, maybe you can trade for someone. Yeah, it's possible. It's possible. So all right, Tad. So those are our picks here in week eleven for the waiver wire. We got through a, you know, couple of injuries here that happened over week ten. Some of them are more serious than others, but I think overall, all of them that we brought up, they don't seem to be that serious. I think we should be okay there on that front. But yeah, I mean, guys. There's probably a lot of players that you wanted us to touch on that we didn't get to because, you know, we obviously highlighted the picks that we like. But maybe there's a guy that you're thinking about adding off the waiver wire. Maybe there's a guy that you're thinking about trading about. Whatever it is, you see the ticker down below. You got our social media handles. You got us on Twitter. You got me at I'm the side 23. You got Ted at Ted the side 94. Got the show handle at the side guys. And, of course, on Instagram at the side guys as well. Hit us up if you have one of those questions. Like if there's a guy that you want to pick up, there's a guy that you're thinking about as far as start and sit. If there's a guy that you're thinking about trading or a couple guys that you want to trade for. Like, I mean, interact with us on our social media handles. We're here to help you out. We're here to help you win your fantasy football leagues. Finish you with number one in all your respective leagues and win some championships. And Ted, I think most importantly, avoid those fantasy punishments because i mean Tad, I think you're, a little, you're a little bit of a streak here so you're sort of like you know avoiding that punishment but i mean yeah, you did, 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 did. To... where's where's someone where's someone <laughs> don't you stop chasing me so i mean i think just the biggest thing that's what we want to make sure too is that you know maybe if you don't win your league you definitely want to avoid any sort of punishment so make sure you're hitting us up Another great way, make sure you subscribe really to your podcast, whether that's on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. You can listen right on the LAMP Network as well. 
tons of options out there. Just hit that subscribe button. Always be up to date with our podcast. Watching us on YouTube. We appreciate you. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. And I think for sure, make sure you're supporting our parent network at LAFB Network. They're giving you a lot of great content when it comes to the Chargers and the Rebs at the NFL level and the Bruins and the Trojans at the college level. So giving you a lot of great content with all four LA-based sports football teams. So lots of great content with them. So support them with the reading and the following and interacting and all of that. Because without them, there would be no us. But guys, to everybody who's already interacted with us, who's subscribed to the podcast, who's listening, who's watching the videos, who's, you know, interacting with us on social media. I mean, just guys, anything and everything that you're doing to support us, we can't thank you enough. And don't just support us. Remember to support our great partners at Underdog Fantasy. You Very can true. find them at Very underdogfantasy.com. Sign up using the promo code DESAI. Again, that is D as in David, E, S as in Sam, AI. <laughs> so be sure to use that promo code DESAI to get a fantastic deal. Again, I can't believe that they gave us that deal. They're fantastic to work with we really appreciate all their help and you know what we appreciate that there's only one thing in the world we appreciate more than that it's everybody's support whether you're watching on youtube whether you're listening on spotify apple Podcasts, wherever thank you so much for listening thank you so much for supporting and please as we head into the uh thanksgiving stay safe everyone <laughs>